Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Career Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Orlando Hangs. As always, each week, amazing people with amazing experience sharing amazing topics uh, to help job seekers across the board in any capacity. So uh, before we get started, introduce this amazing lady. You've seen the flyer, Laureen, right? Lauren, sorry, she's about to kill me. Lauren Greif. <laughs> uh, First, I want to say thank you to uh, folks. If you're tuning in, go ahead and have questions. If you've seen the title for tonight's episode, prepare your questions, say hello. But first and foremost, I want to thank the episode sponsor, which is Agape Career Counseling Group, uh, which is led by a good friend of mine, Deborah Russell. She does HR and small business consulting. You'll see the the link to her, her website later on, but it's agapeccg.com and also uh, Benny B perfume, which is an off product of what she's doing as well. So she's just an entrepreneur out there, uh, utilizing all her talents. So I have tonight, miss, um, I'll just say this, the president of portfolio rocket.com, uh, with a, a, a really unique twist on what the 1% do. So I'm super excited, uh, to hear what she has to say without further ado. She's dynamic. She's you're gonna love her energy on the platform and just how she shares her consistent content on LinkedIn. Uh, let me bring her into the episode. How are you? How are you? How are you? So happy to be here, Orlando, and thank you so much. Hello, one percenters out there. Super excited to get going. And if you're not a one percenter, guess what? This is for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, you said you said yes. And I was super happy. I was like, oh, wow, because I followed your content. And that's how it always starts. Right. You follow someone's content. And you're like, is there synergy there? You want to make sure. And the one thing I always look for is not just, um, you know, folks that talk about resumes and LinkedIn and job search and things like that, which we consistently need to put out there. But it's from a different perspective. I look for the unique uniqueness in that individual's messaging that I think is valuable for some folks that who may, you know, get flooded with the repetitive of the same stuff. So that's what I look for here. And, um, and that's why I'm super excited to have you. But uh, share with the folks more about who you are in your organization. Absolutely. So I started Portfolio Rocket about two years ago. And the reason why I started it was because after several years on the corporate side, I was seeing the same problem over and over and over again. And I'm confident that some of the folks in your audience are probably experiencing this. I refer to this as um, being a victim of the hiring process, which means that you're spending a lot of time in the wait and see game, right? You're waiting to hear back from the hiring manager. You're waiting to hear something from the applicant tracking system. You are waiting to find out whether that referral is making a connection on your behalf. You're waiting to get a response from your email. It goes on and on and on. The time that you're using to wait is also time that gets to be repurposed. Not only so that you can have control, more control over the process, but also so that you are maintaining a level of excitement about the adventure that you are embarking on. So 
important to know that Portfolio Rocket is really a consultancy that works with executives and C-suiteers to show them the difference between being a candidate and applying and being a remarkable hire who gets found. So there's a, there's a big difference. And we're going to talk about that as it relates to what the one percenters and, and the clients that I serve are doing um, in order to get found. Love it. Love it. Love it. So let's, let's unpack that. Right. Cause that's a, when you hear, and we just talked about it briefly um, off, off air was, when you hear the 1%, you think the top, the elite, the high performers, what are they doing different? What the secret is? What network do they have that the common folk don't have? Um, share with us some of that. And what made you come up with this? Uh, is it a program or just that you yes, developed? It is, okay. It is a curriculum. And what I want to share here is you don't need to be uh, rich. You don't need to be uh, somebody with a lot of titles. You don't need to be somebody with a stellar background to be a one percenter. What you need is hunger and consistency. Mm. So you really, if, if this is what you're going for, then remove the roadblocks and get it going because it's not going to come knocking on your door. I, I can almost promise you that. And when I say almost, I mean, I'm leaving room for the, for the <laughs> like minuscule amount of people that just have luck, which is probably as close to you winning the lottery. Got it. Got so, it. So you said, you said it, that it's hunger and consistency sounds easy enough, right? Sounds easy enough. What are, what are the folks missing? What are we missing? So, the three pieces of what I am considering the ingredients for one percenter include clarity, energy, and courage. So I'm going to start with the first one. And I'm also um, quoting Brendan Bouchard from Success Habits and his quote of Yo-Yo Ma, which says that if you are not clear, if you don't have a clarity of ideas, you're just communicating sheer sound. Mm. So if there is a lack of clarity in your message, even the messages to yourself, Every transition offers an opportunity to define and maybe redefine what that is all about. What are you, what are you doing in this job search? Are you rinsing and repeating the same responsibilities? If so, no judgment, but just be clear on that. What is it that you are doing that can transform an organization? What, what is your, what is your, the reason why this organization must hire you. So how do they, how do they develop that clarity? Cause that, that's a huge, huge one for seasoned veterans. Um, you know, folks just getting into the workforce. You have some obviously out there that are super clear on what they want, but for those that may tend to rest on their laurels a bit or just 
kind of been going through the motions, how, how do they begin to develop that absolute clarity? Yes. And I wish I had a magic bullet. Some people find it through journaling. Some people find it through a lot of, I don't like this. I don't like that. So a process of elimination, that isn't, isn't a bad idea because now you're eliminating all the things that you're not going to do. And another really fundamental and powerful way to start is to get to the seed, the very root of why you do what you do in the first place, mm. which goes back to the whole Simon Sinek, find your why. Mm. And the reason why that is so powerful is because no decision maker is essentially buying you as a, as a hire because of your title. They're not buying what you do. They're buying why you do it. Why are you doing this? Why do you do this in the beginning? Why, why is this making, taking such a big area of real estate in your life? What is the reason and the mission behind what it is that you're doing? And when you have that clarity, it emanates from every place of your being. And people can, can sense that. That is not an easy exercise. Just so you know, be gentle with mm -hmm. yourself. If, if you are embarking on it, it sounds really easy. Oh, why am I doing this? The answer isn't I've been doing this for 20 years because that's not the why, that's the what. So yeah. the why is really the essence of why you, of all people, are doing what you do in the world. And, and, and really getting clear on that as a first step. And then where can you use that? Which companies or which organizations or which uh, universities or which opportunities, startup, uh, enterprise need that, that person to actually go in and make that transformation? Got it. Got it. So you mentioned process of elimination. So um, and when you said that, my mind went to two different thought processes. One is you said journaling as well. Do I journal my process of elimination? One or two, is it through career changes or company changes? It can happen that way. I'm a believer that it starts as an inside job before it's an outside job. And so when I say process of elimination, feel free to do a brain dump. I love to do this. I love to do this. I can't stand doing that. That drains my energy. And so that's really the next area that can help define that clarity. What is giving you energy? What is energizing? What is exciting? What gives you that pep in your step? What gets, gets you up in the morning going like, oh, gosh, that's going to be something I'm going to really want to dig into. And then conversely, what is depleting? Mm -hmm. What's zapping my energy? What is making me feel kind of like, ugh, again? And those are going to be some important signals to be able to delineate between areas that are driving the clarity versus areas that may be more of the noise. Got it. And that's a great, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. And that was a great segue because number two, you said is energy. So is it, is it just that one piece where that gets you going? Cause if you, if you were to look at it, you have some folks that'll say, um, you know, follow your passion. It's like, well, passion ebbs and flows, right? It sure it's does. the consistency of what you do. That's going to make the difference in anything. Um, so when it comes to that energy, cause I feel like there's something else in there and in, in how you, how you operate and see it from your perspective. What, what does that look like? So energy is also that term that we use very often flow. Mm -hmm, I get mm -hmm. lost. I get lost in this area of my work. This is an area people come to me for. They look to me for this kind of, you know, involvement or impact, you know, that makes me feel energized. Uh, perhaps there's also, yay, hi, Andrea. There are other areas that are also, you know, energizing. For example, if you are an innovator, if you're somebody that loves and craves innovation, you'll find yourself learning about it in your off time, mm. right? Nobody's saying, okay, time to learn about innovation. It's going to be a natural out, you know, outsource of what it is that fuels you, that feeds you. And so I think that there's a lot of really important areas that you can look at in terms of your energy, energy when you're talking to certain people. I know when I talk to somebody, a colleague of mine, when I talk to Andrea, for example, oh my goodness, I get so excited. I get so She's excited. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Andrea's awesome. She's super I know, cool. that, I know that we share that same energy towards serving serving folks in their career space absolutely love it so in in terms of that how you like you uh andrew just chimed in and said the flow as well kind of echoing that that sentiment there um when it comes to again is it the flow in which career that you're you're getting into or is it the culture of the company how long how how deep does that flow run so the flow can come from lots of different places, but I would mm -hmm. say if you're in a career search specifically, you could be completely energized in the flow when you are researching that company, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you know everything. I have um, a wonderful client right now that is a movie fanatic. He, this guy loves film. If he has a spare hour or so, you know what? He's going to the movie theater. He's not waiting for anybody to say, oh, it's, you know, we're going in two weeks to go see this or that. He's, he's on his way out. So for him, taking a deep dive in that area is, a, is more than a passion. He understands it from a business perspective. He gets lost in finding out who the leaders are in this space. He understands the challenges that the industry is going through right now. How many people mm. do you know that are really struggling? And so this is an area for him to align with, with what is, you know, what gives him that flow state. I like that because it, it forces you, not I wouldn't say forces you, but your innate, uh, um, I guess reaction will be to do the deep dive to learn more, like you just said about the industry, the ins and outs. And you see, it's almost sometimes you, some folks used to say, you know, if I would do this for free, right? This is something okay. I can do for free. 
Totally. Right? <clears throat> so uh, I love that perspective on it. it I like that a lot. I want to also add one other thing, because mm -hmm. I think this is also a really nice compliment. I have heard this. I'm sure many of us have. I know Andrea has. Probably you have. I'm a problem solver. I'm a problem. I'm a creative problem solver. Mm. And so then if problem solving is your jam and that gives you energy, then as you look through opportunities in your life, some people love Love a good mess. Love organizing out of chaos. They just thrive in that. And that can then lead them to cultures, for example, startups, where there's a lot of ambiguity. And so you use those seeds of what is the current of energy that, that, that excites you. And then you find either like cultures or organizations or problem solving opportunities that speak to those areas. I love that. Okay. So when it comes to the huge courage, all these are just pillars right now uh, that you're sharing. So I love these, uh, the courage. Let's, let's talk about the courage. <laughs> this is, this is a big one. I, I don't know if your uh, audience can see, see this, but I just let a big fat Yeah, side. that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> So I'm going to um, share with you something that my coach shares with me all the time. And I think it is appropriate regardless of where you are in your career search or your career. Mm -hmm. He will say to me, success doesn't take long. It takes courage. Mm. And so what that really pinpoints is the level of risk that you're willing to take with respect to your search that can show up in networking because many of us know you're not just networking with the people that you always knew forever and ever and ever oftentimes you're networking with strangers that takes courage yep. for some people putting up content on linkedin that's terrifying that takes courage. Preparing for a interview with a panel that you've never met before and showing up with confidence takes courage. And we all know that fortune favors the bold. And if you don't, someone else will. And it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. And it's true because even if you look at the, the ecosystem of LinkedIn, mm -hmm. what is it, 850 million people, some people have a, 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 just a profile that's a ghost. <laughs> and then they're like, why isn't this working? Exactly. I always say that there's a difference between having a, a presence and a profile on LinkedIn, right? The profile mm -hmm. is just you know, no activity. You can easily see, especially for those who don't have, you know, hit the 500 mark, like you are not active at all. We can see the lack of engagement. Now, it varies, right? It, if But if you're on there, you utilize the, the opportunities. I think it's it's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. It is. And, and the question is, when you are, when you are wanting this, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be found. Most pe- most candidates do. Most most people in their job search don't want to stay there indefinitely. Always go back to that question of how much courage am I really demonstrating? Ask yourself. You're the only one that was going to be able to answer. And if you find yourself protecting your ego, concerned about, oh, no, I don't know if I should if I should write this and getting too precious with your content or or changing your banner to a bold color that stands out in the in the the sea of profiles. Take a chance. You can always change it. You know, try it for 30 days. And if and if you're not satisfied, you know, somebody will gladly refund your misery. I mean, you can absolutely test drive different things. And I encourage you to do so nine times out of 10 or even more than that. Amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. And I, I hear it from clients, but I hear it from other people. I'm so glad that I stepped out and took that risk. Love it. So when it comes to, um, like you said, um, dealing with, um, all three really clarity, energy, and courage and the co- the, the folks you coach, is that a common theme that you drew from and noticed within, um, your clients? So the ones who are in the 1% mm-hmm. are somewhat fearless. And the reason why, to be honest with you, they've tried everything else. Mm. They, they are, they're pretty much like out of, out of old ideas that, Ooh, you know what? The resume is going to do all the heavy lifting for me, or they are of the mind that the applicant tracking system is not where their future is. And so some of them have learned the hard way and others are clear that they don't want to waste a lot of time. They just want the bullet right now. Give it to me straight. And I'm going to, I'm going to lock down and, and, and have some humility because I don't know how to do this for, for many of the clients I work with, they have been in, you know, their positions sometimes for double digit years, some, sometimes up over 20 years mm. and they're coming out and being in the, the marketplace right now. And they're like, uh, guess what? Like I'm clueless. I don't know where I am anymore. And I know I'm not in Kansas, so show me the way and I want to get this done. And I don't, I can't afford either from an investment, from a monetary standpoint, or really from a time standpoint to mess around here. Exactly what Andrea said. And they're out of excuses. They're out of excuses. And what they've been doing has been to some large degree, very demoralizing. Mm. So you know, the one percenters are gamers. They're all in. They're not kicking and screaming anymore. To some degree, I think they've surrendered to the fact that this is not this is not the way that it used to be. And, you know, the idea or the magical thinking that somehow my resume or just this one item in the whole entire search process is going to be the solution is is right. out the window right <clears throat> so when it comes to what i what i like what you said is that 
um, or let me say this instead and confirm, confirm or correct me, is the 1% are really folks that are taking action, um, you know, and not resting on antiquated ways of job search because it's been double digit years since they've searched and they're thinking, oh, this is still the same way. I'll just brush off the old resume, spruce it up a bit, and I'll put it out there. I have all this experience. I should be snatched up within a week or two. Exactly. So, so for the folks that'll that uh, that'll tune in or catch the replay on this, how do you get those folks that are saying yes but still don't know what they're saying yes to? How do you walk them through those? What are the immediate processes you start to walk them through? They're just so, like, help me, help me. <laughs> so if they if they if they come to me or when they come to me and they're they're good and ready, then. What I say to them is, you know, lean, lean into the consistency. That's where you're going to see the most results. So if, if I'm having a session with somebody, I'm going to see what, what's happening with, with their activity. And if, if I see that they haven't been active, well, that's going to be a clue right there. If I challenge them in a, in a very kind and supportive way, talk to me about your networking calls this week. How many calls did you make? And I have a scaling strategy for that, that I refer to as the coffee strategy. So it's, it's, it is designed to be efficient, right? People are working, people are busy. Even if you are, even if you don't have a quote unquote, you know, day job, Mm -hmm. your life is busy. And this is a huge undertaking and you want to make sure that you're using your time so that you're yielding the highest ROI because few people want to waste their time. So I want to make sure that they understand the key areas where they can maximize their impact and be able to get the kinds of, and, and, and still be able to put the footwork in. Right. Got it. So uh, it's really, yes. <laughs> yes. As soon as you said coffee, I looked at, I was waiting for Andrea to chime in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when you say uh, activity, right, you just mentioned the, uh, the networking calls. What additional areas are you giving them the action plan so they can have activities? Because I think that's key for them to know um, where should they put their activity uh, to use? Exactly. So, they the first the first area as i said is the clarity so i want them to get messy please get messy Mm. get messy with your why and do a brain dump in terms of all the things that you love and all the things that you don't love and what is your contribution what is the contribution that you're looking to make and what is the impact of that contribution so for example, I'll give you, give myself mm-hmm. as an example, the contribution that I'm here to make is to replace the archaic and dreaded job search. Uh, that's my contribution. The impact of that so that it does what? So that job seekers are able to love, feel challenged and rewarded in their work. So. That's the outcome of that contribution. Got it. 
So it's important that you understand that and it's okay to get messy. As I said, it's, it sounds simple, but it's not. And then from there, what we're really doing is identifying the places that are on their ideal list of even, even if that list is going to change, right? We want to make sure that they are identifying some places that are in alignment with that why. And always, always, always 12 inches deep, not one inch, 12 times. Mm. So really, really, really in terms of drilling down in that vertical and putting together that those profiles and understanding what it is there that you can impact, not where it is that I'm going to get a job, what it is that you can impact. And then of course, we want to make sure that all the assets that are online are working in their favor. And what I mean specifically about that is LinkedIn is not a profile and it's not a poster. It's a landing page and landing pages are designed to convert. And so it must, must, must do something, not be parked. And so, as you know, LinkedIn, if you have a a profile on LinkedIn, needs to be fed often. It doesn't just have one meal and then they say, oh, I'm completely satiated. So it needs to be fed. And I like to point out that a lot of my clients, many people, job seekers in particular, they're like, oh, don't make me write content, right? (laughs) So don't worry, you don't have to write content, Uh but you should. And I am using specifically that word should, if you want to be found, have great value added comments. Yeah. Those comments are your reach vehicle that can reach other audiences well outside of the people that would be looking at your content anyway. So if I put a comment on your post, Orlando, I'm going to be exposed to your network. If I stay in my network and only the people that I know over and over and over again, I'm literally going to be like drinking dirty bath water. I'm just going to be recycling that same thing over and over and over again. And so you really need to think about how Mm -hmm. you're using LinkedIn, both from a content perspective and, of course, from a virtual networking perspective. So, you know, what's interesting in what you said is so with the one percenters that are taking your advice and taking action and doing this, what it's not the level of experience difference potentially. Right. It's all the same. It's just some people are more bolder and action takers. So I wonder where the fear lies more so the folks that choose to be paralyzed and like, oh, my God, I don't want to be judged or, or whatever that may be. What are those comments for the folks that are pushing back and saying, oh, my goodness, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this is uh, I'm scared. I don't know enough. Or, you know, I'm not going to do funny memes and things like that. What, what do they think if they take the leap, what the expectations uh, are going to be? Yeah, I I mean, I think some of it is human nature that we Mm -hmm. are afraid to do something that we've never done before, right? That's, that's pretty, pretty human. Like, oh, no. And with that comes, 
I don't know if it's, um, it's going to work. What if it doesn't work for me? Mm -hmm. You know, good for you, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so-and-so-and-so. I'm glad it worked for you. But how do I know it's going to work for me? And Let me ask something on that real quick. Sorry to interject, but what are their expectations? So I'll say for me personally, when I started putting content out there, I don't think I had an expectation other than to grow my network. And then when I started the podcast, it was partly selfish so I can learn more and connect and meet great people like yourself and Andrea. So I don't know if I had a bigger expectation than that than taking the leap. I had fear for sure. But mm -hmm. what do you think their expectations are when they say, okay, if I put this out, I should have a job in X or, you know, my network should grow. What are you hearing? Well, I think that there is a faulty expectation that because you are now active, that the marketplace is also going to respond. Mm. The marketplace is not a bellhop. And it doesn't respond because you've decided. And if you are having that expectation that there's going to be an immediate return, the chances are you're probably going to be disappointed. And there's a lot. The competition is never going to go away. You know, people will say to me, oh, the reason why I, I, I haven't been able to find work is because the marketplace is so competitive. Of course, that's out of your control. That's that, that you can't do anything about that. The question is, how are you going to be in the 1% so that you can actually rise above the competition instead of feel smothered by it? Mm -hmm. and so what is the 1% doing? They're consistent. They are strategically networking. They are getting well outside of their comfort zone, which is where the, where the courage comes in. And they're also willing to fail and try it all over again the next day. They're not looking for immediate success. They understand that it is a longer game, but they are consistently learning and iterating as they go. I think that's a big point you just made about <clears throat> the willingness to fail uh, because the, right. The, each person is different. Their mindset is different. Their circumstances are different. Um, and they can be in a somewhat maybe unrealistic expectations, like you said, or in a panic mode and put this out there and thinking, okay, the floodgates are going to open. And then it's like, I don't know if anyone would say that. I don't know if anyone coached you thinking that was, you know, this is a guaranteed flawless, um, you know, plan of execution, but it absolutely helps though. Right. Sure. It, it, it doesn't hurt. Absolutely. I also think that it's important to understand, like every industry, there are seasonalities that you want to take advantage of. Right. We are here at, you know, the beginning of Q2. Mm -hmm. Q2. So if you're looking for your next position come Q3, please know that. The marketplace tends to historically get a little quieter over the summer. So manage your expectations with that. By all means, that does not mean that they are not hiring, but it may mean from a logical perspective, people will be taking vacations. People will have that summer feeling where they're a little bit more carefree and maybe not as available on a Friday. 
So it does not mean take your foot off the gas. It means have manage your expectations with respect to how quickly people might get back to you, how quickly they may be making decisions, just so that you have that in your head rather than get frustrated with, you know, they ghosted me or right. you know, they're, 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 you know, they're no longer interested in making up a story. So what, what are some other ways or, or things that you're seeing the 1% are doing uh, th that, again, the earlier question at the top of the, the conversation that we're missing? Like, let's unpack some of this behind the scenes secrets. I, 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 <laughs> I saved a little extras in the bonus pack. You got it. So the other thing, and I've kind of touched on it, but I really want to make it as crystal clear as I can. They see themselves as a product or service in the marketplace and their job search is their marketing campaign. Mm. So what this means is remove the idea that you want a job, remove the idea that you're a candidate, remove this. Think of yourself as a product or service. What problems do you solve? Why would somebody quote unquote buy you? What is somebody going to feel after they use this or after they, you know, hire you? What are they going to feel when they, when they introduce you to their team? How are you going to be a part of this organization as, as a product and service that may be like-minded to some of the people that work there? Got it. Your marketing campaign is really every single touch point that happens in your job search. It's in your thank you notes. It's in your conversations with respect to your interviews and networks. It is in your on your LinkedIn. It's even on your voice notes. So every single place that you are is an opportunity to communicate your your why, your storytelling, and I'm not saying you, you necessarily say that out loud, but if part of my why is to keep the process energized and have people feel energized in their work, you better believe I'm not coming on here like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got it. So what do you say to those folks? Because, um, right, we're in a society that's super sensitive. Um, who may think, say, you know what? I, I don't know if I see myself as a widget. You mean something different, and I get what you mean. Mm -hmm. Explain to those who are like, think myself as a product uh, or a service. Uh, explain right. to those folks who, who, are, who are getting over the language of it. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I get it. I'm <laughs> breaking down my marketing lingo. So when I say that, I want to understand the reason why you are a unique must have in the marketplace. How are you indispensable? How are you someone that is way, the job description is not even a baseline for you. Mm. The job description is, is, is literally like a, like a, somebody blew over it and gave you like a little whiff of what mm -hmm. that is. You're already thinking a couple steps ahead. You already understand 
bigger issues or areas that you can impact, even if it's a smaller issue that you may have identified as you are examining that organization. So when I say that, I'm saying, how are you demonstrating that level of, um, you know, what is uniquely yours that only you can bring? Because only that product or service can provide what it is that you have. So out of all of the widgets in the marketplace, if we're going to go back to that, mm-hmm. you're the widget. And this is not to depersonalize it. It's actually the opposite of this. Correct. It's taking you from a commodity to an asset, right? If you're looking at all the other people as commodities, oh, this person can fill out the requirements of the job description. Commodity, 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 generic. You want to stand apart. So So which... Use yourself as the way to be able to articulate that differentiation. Now that that causes a major shift in mindset, right? <clears throat> and when we're talking one percent, they have that, right? They're they're walking chest out, shoulders back, saying, "I'm what you need here and now." But let me articulate that in a professional way and just blow you away with. Uh, what I'm bringing to the table, like that mindset shift can take a while for folks. Do you have those conversations in the, in the initial stages when you're coaching folks about just having the right mindset to go into it? A hundred percent. And the major shift is what's in it for me versus what's in it for them. Hmm. They are your audience. They are the people who are in And I don't mean it in the decision-making mode because I have many, many, many clients who have multiple offers that they get to choose from. So they get to say no too. And so do you, you get to say no, you're just because you have an offer doesn't mean you're running out the door and hitching your wagon there. You want to make sure that you're doing exactly what it is within reason, of course, to to really give yourself the best opportunity that you've aligned to. Correct. And so, you know, the, the question that you had regarding that mindset shift, it happens through a lot of replacement of old ideas. So it's one of the ones that I use is you're not looking to get hired. You're ready to transform. Hmm. That's I like unpack that one. That's good. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hiring is a is is a is a very short term step of the process. Yes, of course we want to get hired. Right. But really, what are you gonna do now that you got hired? Right. What are you gonna do with 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 your offer letter and the first day that you're there? How are you going to approach this new opportunity? Oh, where are areas that I am able to move X to Y? Where are areas that really are struggling that I can improve their process around? Where are new revenue streams that maybe somebody hasn't identified? 
how are where are places where the brand is really struggling with their perception issues that we need to really look at yeah that's good that's good that's that again that requires such a deep transfer in mindset i love how you phrase that though i'm not looking to get high i'm looking to transform um i would almost encourage folks if they're bold enough this is just coming from me mm -hmm. um if you can craft that in your response somehow, like weave that kind of terminology in the conversation, that alone, I think for me, sets you apart. Um, and as someone who, who interviews, um, that would really intrigue me to dive deeper into that person's thought process uh, if they start to say some of the out of the box phrases, but that makes sense. Like take a chance and, and, and say some things that you may think uh, may sound crazy, but you just never know who you're speaking with. It, it may resonate. And I'll add to that. If you are going to use that, please back it up. Yep. <laughs> please back it up. Yep. Yep. Right? We, we, we want to make sure that you're not. That part. Yep. Your, your rationale and your validation for that sounds something like, and the reason why I'm so excited to transform is because I have already transformed this, this, and this in my prior work experience so right. that they can connect the dots so that they can hear and see it so that, that it's supported and you come you your credibility is crystal clear and cemented in their mind right, right. oh i transform oh yes that's the woman that transformed this to this oh that's yeah. the guy that did that to that <laughs> Yeah, don't go say, oh, yeah, my coach. <laughs> Lori, tell me to say. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just thought it would work. <laughs> so um, let me ask this for the folks that, again, that'll, that'll catch the replay. Um, what are the level of experience in the clients you work with? Again, I don't want them to get the wrong perception like you only work with executives because it's the 1%. Because um, I, I haven't heard you say that at all throughout the entire um, discussion. What level of folks do you do you work with and coach to that one percent level? So I I do I do work with senior level executives, mm -hmm. and and the reason for that, just so you know, isn't because of their titles. It's because most of those people have figured out already that with the criteria that they have, mm -hmm. there is no way they are going to find it on the job board. Mm, that's, that's true. And so as your career progresses, your, your criteria changes. For many of the folks that I've worked with, they didn't have kids before they went on this job search. They, they didn't even, you know, own a home or, or, or they hadn't risen in their company or any of those things where they're saying, I no longer want to be a road warrior. I, I can't do that anymore. That is that those days are over. And so the layering of all the things that become part of their requirement are not are not something that they're able to suss out through a job through a job board or sometimes not even through a recruiter or a headhunter. So they're not okay. willing, they're not willing to put their time and and efforts on hold because they have that criteria it's it's life so that's that's probably the one of the key reasons 
And some of the folks who are not as senior in their search are more apt to be saying something along the lines of, I need to get my foot in the door. Uh I want to get my foot in the door. I want this experience so that I show progression here or a level of area of expertise in this industry. So there's less sensitivity around some of the complications of, of their search. Got it. And what I'm getting, and again, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that you, for the executive folks that you deal with, you're coaching more to an action plan and for, and for some that are mid-level looking to step into the executive role, is it a combination of your coaching to their confidence and an execution plan for them to, you know, to, to take a hold of? Yes. So the curriculum that I designed is a four phase approach. It does really tap into mindset in the very beginning and essentially phases one and two are what happens before you even get into the marketplace. Please don't go out into the marketplace and expect other people to be able to connect you if you don't have clarity in terms of what you look looking for them to do. Right. That happened this morning because I'll get back to you is another step of the process. Oh, I'll get back to you and let you know what I'm looking for. But that also can set a tone in terms of your lack of ability to lead. Because if you don't know at that moment, that could also influence some of that decision making further on down the line. I love that. Uh, And what I've heard before is something similar to that is the problem is that when we give or reach for a referral to help us or to kind of sell us into an opportunity, we don't give them the proper language. Right. We, we give them the blanket. I'm looking for anything. What do you have? Or I'm looking for just a project manager role. But what does that mean? Like what else? Uh, we, we lack the clarity to give them for them to support us and then wonder why they don't get back to us and nothing happens. Well, you didn't give me anything. You just told me you had you're looking for, for a job. Another, all the time. <laughs> another way to also help them help you mm-hmm. when you are networking and what I have my clients who I do consider in the 1% is using that touch point that one time that you're having coffee. So you and I are having coffee together. Now we're, we're pals. We like each other. We built the rapport. You want to help me. I want to help you. I will say to you, Orlando, I've loved meeting you. Who are the three people I must connect with outside of this call? Now, everybody knows three people, Uh right? uh Three people, that's pretty easy. You say those names. Would you be willing to make those introductions for me? Yes, I will. Same in return. And Orlando, tell me, you know, these are the three people that I think you should meet right. and I will get those done. And then I get those done within 24 hours. Cause that's my trust and integrity on the line. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. So we're time has flown by already. Um, <laughs> I'm just like zoned into the conversation. Uh, share with folks um, where they can find you. What's coming next from you. Um, how they can, utilize uh, your expertise. Absolutely. So I, when I am not in my 
office here in Chicago. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm a regular content contributor. I also have a live every Wednesday morning. So please come. It's called Blast and a Half. So it's a half an hour, halfway through the week, every Wednesday morning at 8.30. And I like to bring the fire. So you can expect a lot mm -hmm. of irreverence and a lot of topics that can be very controversial, but that's okay. Cause um, I guess I'm a risk taker, so may as well do it, right? <laughs> and uh, other than that, you can reach out to me at lauren at portfoliorocket.com. And that's where my website is too, portfoliorocket.com. Awesome, awesome. Last question. Do you have a daily mantra that gets you going? Mm, yes, I do. And here what it is. is. It? Yep. Die empty. Oh, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yes. Love it's it. been my mantra for a long, long time. And um, I I really I really mean it when I say it because I do want to be all used up by the time I'm dead. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you, Lauren, uh, again, for your for your energy expertise. I love that breakdown. Clarity, energy, and courage. Um, definitely, I, I can see you coaching folks up to, right, if you haven't done it already, coach them up to the 1% mindset because I think you're, you're bringing a unique uh, vision to those folks. And I love what you said earlier about before you even go out into the marketplace, Let's talk about the mindset first. That's I think that's key thing for folks that can just jump out there and wonder why things don't work because they're not prepared. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, close this out with a quick video, but I appreciate your time so much. Again, your expertise, your wisdom. Again, catch your folks on Wednesday morning. At what time again? 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Lauren, I keep, why, why do I do that? Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Greif is in the building. All right, you guys have a great night. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Talk to you then.